I think Divers is, it has like, I think she, in something like Yeast, I mean, she was not trying to please anyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that she is necessarily with Divers, but she has like a 17 minute long song in Yeast. That's, that is for some people just a big move. Always not going to be, they're always not going to be down. I mean, she did play that live and it was unreal. (laughs) Imagine 17 minutes. I was like, she's doing it. She's doing it. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 82. Mm -hmm. Y'all, this is the first episode of 2020. Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, that's kind of what the topic of it is about, though. Mm, I think it's looking back, not forward. I know, I know. That's the thing. I feel like we probably should have done this episode a week ago. Mm. But here we are, you guys, in 2020, doing the episode. I actually think it makes a little bit more sense, because I've released some live... I've released some, like, blog post reflections on my top albums of the year. And I don't know. Like, I like that the full year has gone by. You yeah, know, the full. We're not like in December still or anything like that. Like you know? they're, it's complete. Okay, so well, part of me has always thought like, what if one final album comes out <laughs> in December? In like oh, <laughs> that I love. December. Yeah. Honestly, though. Um, okay, so if you you clicked on the title, but mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. episode is albums of the decade. Is that what we're calling it? Our albums. Our albums decade. of the decade. But we'll probably call, title it albums of the decade. Mm-hmm. So tonight, what we will be doing is. Scott has comprised a list of five albums that mm-hmm. are his albums of the decade. I've comprised a list of five albums that are my albums of the decade. And then I also have like a thousand honorable mentions. We'll talk about our honorable mentions. Or, just, or more just like, I feel like it's things that just like need to be named. We're talking about 10 years of music. Yeah. So our lists are by their very nature incomplete. Not incomprehensible. What's the word I'm looking for? Non-comprehensive? Non- yes. Yeah. Comprehensive is the word. Yeah. Yeah, not that. <laughs> not comprehensive. <laughs> Make sure you talk close to your mic. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so this is that's what this episode is going to be. <sighs> it is not. I guess maybe we'll say some things it isn't. Okay. Uh, it is not. Meant. This is how I'm approaching it. This is how I'm <laughs> approaching this list. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is an intro. <laughs> this is an intro. Uh, so the intro is like now you know what we're gonna be talking about, and I think this will be broken up into just two parts, which will be this brief intro, mm-hmm. and then we'll just get into the conversation. I don't, if, I don't know if we maybe we will take a break after like three and then yes. come back. Um, but I think this is just us having a a conversation about looking back on ten years of music and what that means to us. Yeah, so we've both been, we decided this topic, what, a week ago? Mm-hmm. And it's 100% put me into this very, like, reflective stage. Nostalgic. Nostalgic, which I think going into 2020 already was. Mm-hmm. I really leaned heavy into, like, this is a decade, a new decade, so let's think about the last 10 years. I wasn't years. even thinking about that until all the 
articles started getting out there. I know. There. I it think was like the decade, the decade. I was like, the decade? Oh. It's fun to do. About that. It's yeah. fun to do. And we're now in the 20s, which feels, mm-hmm. I don't know, like something. So we've each spent the past week reflecting heavily and thinking upon the albums. Like for me, it's been like the albums that shaped me slash the albums that like were the soundtrack to the last 10 years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was coming up. It's interesting because when I look at my list, they all actually are from probably the last five years, six years. Mm. Like we would also were talking about how this last decade for me was when I was 14, 14 that's to nuts. 24. I'm thir- I'm literally 30 to 40. So it's very different mm-hmm. kinds of life situations mm-hmm. are happening. So mm-hmm. like 14, the album I was listening to when I was 14. What is it? It's like Taylor Swift. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's but Fearless. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's Sparks Fly. It's Oh, that brings up something. That brings up something. Because what it brings up for me is that not that Taylor Swift would any bit be anywhere near in my top anything. Right. Even though I have no problem with Taylor Swift, just not my cup of tea. Don't mind Taylor Swift. Right. right. <laughs> just don't. I'm not turning Taylor Swift on in the car by myself. But yeah. that that is some big um, family nostalgic memories. Fearless. Oh. You know, whenever that came out, I mean, we were listening to that as a family all the time. That is so funny you know, and sweet because yeah. for me, it's like Fearless came out when I was in middle school, yeah. I think. Then but what's, what was before that? Because that was even more. Self-titled. Hard. Oh, so, what was after Fearless then? Uh, Fearless. What was then, like the, what was like, I like the way you sit in the morning. Oh, that's self-titled. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's, that yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> Fearless. And then is it Sparks Fly? I don't, oh, I should know these things. What's um, the one where she's like a, 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 a good girl and a bad girl, both in the video. And like, there's a boy across the street who can see her in her You belong room. with me? You belong with me. How's that? She's yeah, like you belong with me. And yeah, yeah. And that like a, a nerd. Big, oh, big, yeah, that is big. And that big is one. for me, the start of this decade is I'm a freshman, sophomore in high mm-hmm. school. So I, hmm. looking back also. I wonder what you would have been thinking in your life at that time with that mantra going on in your head if you were singing it you belong with me would you have had a person in mind no no not like a person yeah um i think uh, it's really interesting when i look back upon my music that i loved at those ages i also like rent was a big soundtrack for Mm. me at that time but it's too old Mm. it didn't make the list because of that Mm. um i there wasn't music that i think really truly i found that spoke to me until like sophomore, freshman year, sophomore year of college was when I was like, oh, I have like this music is the music. Oh, so I like was it, always, it, that you're just kind of casually, oh, some music. I mean, yes and no casually. Like I had artists that I liked, but I really wasn't listening to albums. Yeah. I was listening, I was making playlists or I was really listening to Pandora. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like that was the means I I still use Pandora, music. but I get roasted for <laughs> using it. Like I... <laughs> This kind of, when I think back about my music in high school, it's me taking my dog for a walk and having very specific curated Pandora stations. Mm. But I wasn't often listening to an album top to bottom unless it was like the album that my friends were all listening to, we'd all listen to in the car. Mm -hmm. And Taylor Swift for me was just as much about the music, if not more 
the bonding that I had with friends that we all knew her and we listened and we would sing her songs and go to the concert. Like that to me was the buy-in in a lot of ways. Yeah. When, um, reputation came out, you were pretty pumped about that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I just like M because I'm, I'm now super nostalgic about yeah, Taylor right, Swift. Right, like fair. I have big nostalgia towards like most of her albums. I can remember when they all came out. There's something too about Taylor's, from the start, she was always an artist that I was like, when it, like her album's gonna come out in the fall mm-hmm. this year, like it's happening like during tennis season, and we'd wait and like one of our friends' mom would go and buy all the albums for us, and we'd have them, wow. you know, like the Target edition, Whoa. you know, like what it, it, it gives big like. See, you always represent a different pocket of life. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that is. You I know. know, it is a pocket. <laughs> yeah, um, but I like at that time was also listening to other random people. But those were the albums. I want to say I have nostalgia and mixed emotions because I'm not doing like an OK Boomer thing where like I think the the past was better. Right. But I, I do think it was nice. So like here on Lower Queen Anne, there was a record store called Easy Street Records that I would go to two or three times a week. It was like after I get off work or something or during the weekend, I'm going to go hang out there and you could yeah. listen to the albums. Um, they had little stations, you know, you could preview the music. Um, and it was just like, it was like a culture, you know, but then I started bringing my kids, like we, we would go to yeah. easy street and it's closing out to bank, which is so oh, that's sad. Super sad. Yeah. That but is like the Luckily saddest there's still an easy go. street in, um, West Seattle that I, I have a dream of doing a live show at just easy like street. sitting in this place. Scott thinks yeah. we can just order breakfast and we have our microphones like casually <laughs> out like this. I mean, we, we, it would be nothing different to them. I mean, it's just like we, we're having our conversation. We happen to have microphones. I know. We're just sitting there eating breakfast. I, I don't think it'll go as casually as you think. I will be so self-conscious of it the Not, whole I, you time. You can't be more self-conscious than our live show. <gasps> we should do an announcement. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we interrupt this message? <laughs> Let's interrupt. Let's interrupt. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I like. I love that it's janky sometimes. <laughs> you know, I love it. We should have mentioned this from the top in terms this of is marketing. It. Gosh, anybody that's a little bit more shrewd and smart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the deal, y'all. In a week from now, that when we're recording this, you'll be hearing this on oh, a Monday. Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Before if you're listening this on happens. Monday, yeah, January 9th. In Seattle, we are having a live podcast recording slash live event. event. It is Today's the 2nd of January, 2020. Yeah, so for us, it's in a week. And we, before this, were talking about how excited and terrified and excited we are. Ter- excited, terrified, and excited. Exactly. It's, a, it's an excited it's a sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going to be an event. We're going to have live performances. There's going to be art. There's mm-hmm. going to be art if a you zine? want response, if you want. Yeah, a zine. We need people to contribute to our zine to make the zine happen. But the <laughs> zine is going to hopefully exist. Um, also, we're going to talk about defense mechanisms. So, One of our favorite topics. Yeah, it'll be hopefully really good. Got a lot of research ahead of us. We're I'm going to be talking to, about repression. Yeah. Yep. Scott's going to be talking about denial. And mm-hmm. we're going to teach each other. Mm-hmm. And 
if you're there, then you'll get to hear it live. And if you don't come, then you'll get to hear you'll it. You'll still get to hear it. But we're on. trying to create an experience. So it's like, yeah, there's the live recording, but there's also some performances. And you get to all be together. So that's part of the thing, too. It's like, yeah. hopefully it's not actually really that much about us. It's about an the experience. Community. Yeah, a nice way to spend your evening, hear an interesting conversation, to have some interesting, strange conversations on the way home, listen to some interesting music. We said we want you to leave feeling pleasantly disoriented. Yes. Yeah. We want you to still feel comfy and good, but also we'll hopefully have leave you with things to think about. Yeah. I want you to be thinking. I want you to be like, what? Well, oh, maybe I do have some uh, denial. Maybe I maybe I do repress sometimes. Wait, what? What are the other defense mechanisms? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. Also. Tickets? It's gonna be a nice atmosphere though. Dim lights, nice music, food mm-hmm. and drinks, like casual, calm. I know. It's something if you like want to spend a Thursday night doing something fun, chill, cool. Yeah. This is the thing. This is it. Okay. Um so if you want to <laughs> buy tickets, they're five dollars. It helps us to know that you're coming slash support that it's happening. So buy tickets. It helps our, us plan. I mean link- if it, I mean the, the difference between if we think 40 people are coming or 150 people are coming, I mean, that's a different planning Setup, energy. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. So far, 23 people have responded, but I think, I think we will probably have, tw- I am guessing more than that. So. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. please go buy tickets so that we can know and we can let other people know so they can plan accordingly. We will keep the introverts updated <laughs> with. Uh, introverts oh. have, have literally asked us to keep them <laughs> in, updated. So. Um, okay. There's our interrupting. Back All right, we're talking about it. Taylor Swift. Oh, we're talking about having a live recording at Easy Street. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I music, music in general, and this is the nostalgic popping off thing about looking back on a decade, really does mark certain seasons of your life. Oh, so I can, for sure. I can picture dropping Avery off at daycare and and listening to Taylor Swift or picking her up, and it's like, turn yeah. on Taylor Swift, you know? Um, and then you you like it and you're it's a part of mm-hmm. who you are and it shapes you mm-hmm. regardless. Of yeah, it sweet being, memories. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like in 1989, it was Alex's birthday mm. and they got it and I had filled the car with balloons and like we brought all the balloons into the house and like we just blasted the album and played with the balloons and sang a new Taylor Swift. Song. And it was like yeah. oh, because I'm like also for me this is big that Taylor Swift is coming out and yeah. for you this person ten years younger than me it's big. I was like oh. Taylor. <laughs> you get to experience your first album drop. <laughs> yeah, that was another big bonding moment for our family was the year 1989 was out. Um, to Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick was out. And in our house, we watched the Grammys together. Oh. And Avery was rooting for Taylor and I was rooting for Kendrick. And who won? Taylor, of oh, course. Taylor <laughs> uh, for you and Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, and then the next time Kendrick came out with an album, Damn, which was more critically acclaimed. Uh, let's see. Was it against Reputation? Nope. Nope. Uh, but uh, what's his face one? Um, gosh. Grammy? No, no, no. That's the whole point. Uh, like, black people never win Grammys. Who was it? Uh, it was the guy that sings 24 Karat Magic, Bruno Mars. Oh, one over Bruno Kendrick. Mars. So here are the people that went over Kendrick. You know, Taylor Swift, Bruno Mars. This this it, it's interesting to think about like how Grammy folks are voting. Like what are they yeah. voting for? Like a pop album, a big album? 
Um, but yeah, I was pretty bummed that night, but Avery was pumped. She was <laughs> so happy. And now scratches her head because now she can actually listen to Kendrick and understands what he's all about. And is like, that's kind of weird that Taylor Swift won over Kendrick. Right. Like, yeah. It's it's complicated. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, so we, <laughs> go ahead. You're 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 in her twenties, and now you start to listen to music in a different way. When when was when I know we've probably covered this, but why don't we just rehash it? What are we rehashing? When was when was that golden moment, that oh. first encounter with Taylor with a T.O.P.? <laughs> That's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah. That is the, the golden moment. moment is also the golden moment where I was like, Ugh, music, <laughs> music. Which I already obviously. Twenty one pilots, everybody. Yes, twenty one pilots. Okay, quick side other note. I think for me, I also have a very interesting trajectory of going by the time around 13, I started heavily involving myself in evangelical Christian culture. Right. So like that was my main primary identifier as like where I saw myself in culture. And that was my primary music too, just mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was listening to a lot of like Christian music and that, None of I was like looking back and what's like, some examples? Are any of the albums gonna make it? What were some? Oh, some. I mean, like things from like Hillsong to like All Sons and Daughters. Oh yeah, that oh, yeah. was I was like very into All Sons and Daughters. That's probably, a nice like, vibe. All Sons year. and Daughters is a nice vibe. It is. It is. It's not gonna. It's it not gonna be on up. your top. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like it doesn't hold up when I look back, and I'm yeah. like literally from junior year to freshman year of college. That was my like primary music. But I think in a lot of ways, I would lean into the Christian songs that were like the emo ones. And I look back, there was always like a few songs that were like a little emo, and often spirituality and Christianity gave the lens where it was like, this is an okay space to talk about it. And mm-hmm. so that exists in that area of music. So I would lean into that. My church had a choir tour that we did every year and we sang like popular Christian you went songs. On? Yeah. You were in I the choir? In choir. Good job. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. <laughs> um, everyone, like it was everyone in our yeah. youth sang it. It was yeah. like the youth group choir, you know, huh, everyone interesting. did it. I know, but we would perform and it would be like, we put together all these songs and it would be this performance with a theme and hmm. you'd get the CD every year. And those CDs wow. were like my favorite CDs. Oh, cause that's like double nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and there was one year where it was like break every chain and it was just like very sad. Hmm. And I like loved it. I like mm, loved and leaned into chain. it. And yeah. the year before I was on it, the entire theme was like lament. Like it was like even more dark and sad and wow, I had my friend's album, or my friends, not my own, but I like loved it because it hmm. had like very emo music, hmm. including Manchester Orchestra, which I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um. So that's that's also why I have such a blank early like between 2000 and 2004, 2005, or 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like nothing as of quality to make my top ten list or top five. Ooh. Um, yeah. Do you want me to I now explain the I'd, T.O.P. moment? Yeah, 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 I Were do. Were you going to say something? No, I'm just thinking, thinking about my child. My childhood teen years is is a very strange juxtaposition of, like, extreme rap music. Yeah. That was sort of, like, tolerated by my parents. Um, Like, listening to, like, N.W.A. or something, which I had no business listening to, but it's like I did. And then, like, extra 
sappy Christian music, you know, it was that like I also was into. Between yeah, those things. Totally. Which was me probably in like random, like screaming or emo right. things. Um, like, would you have listened to My Chemical Romance at 15 or something? Yeah, but not like a lot. Yeah. I wasn't like really, I honestly, I liked musicals. That was something that oh, was right. like Rent. big for me. Rent and like other ones. I listened to a lot of like Kate Nash. Mm. Um, don't think I know Kate Nash, do I? I don't know. I don't hmm. know if you would. Um, she was like very quirky and weird and like always like a little off-putting with mm. her storytelling and mm. music. Mm. I loved Kate Nash in high school. Um, All right, T.O.P. Yeah, T.O.P. Okay. <laughs> I've explained this moment on the podcast. I'm sure. But I was at Alex's swim and they were swimming and I'm nannying. And oh, I, I do remember this story. Yeah. Listening. And I had already listened to one or two songs because it was... Headphones? Headphones. Oh, yeah. I listened to it. Was it was car radio that yeah. was kind of the song? Mm-hmm. Um, how old again? How old? Pat, again? Or actually, was it how old? Sophomore, freshman. I'm trying to think if I was a late freshman. Okay, it might have been spring quarter of freshman year. Okay, of college. It's Vessel. I'm Vessel. listening to Vessel. Yep, yep. Um, and like it just hit me like so hard. I was like. Never before had I been so, like, captured by the music and the story and what was being said. And it was just, like, an instant thing. Like, I can put myself in that spot right now. And then, like, afterwards, I, like, I couldn't finish the album because it was, like, Alex is done swimming. We're now going and we're in the car and And I'm not playing it in the car. But you're kind of buzzing. Because I'm, no, I, like, 100% was. And I'm, like, when will I be off so I can listen to this (laughs) album? And I finished and I drove around. And my friend had told me, like, just wait till trees. And I was like, okay. And I was like, was like already, I was so sold. And I was like, what's trees going to be? And then trees came and I was like, what is oh, this? I can't believe life. And then trees I can't believe on. life. And I was just like that album. Mm, that kind of opened on, you up. It did. Oh. If it was at the end of freshman year, especially cause that's like sort of the beginning of your oh, change. A hundred percent. It was, it was actually a big, a big like, boom. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, actually, was it sophomore year? I don't Alex know. in the pool. When did it happen? Alex, help us. When was that? <laughs> when was that? <laughs> they would not be able to remember. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then I listened to that just on repeat. And that was for sure, like, of course, I fell into the T.O.P. hole of, like, Whoa! literally listening to 21 Pilots <laughs> basically only. And yet, <laughs> and yet it was, like, this album for me in so many ways was like a quintessential album. Mm -hmm. It was every single song on that album had something very important to say and made played like a piece in the album. Mm -hmm. So it really was important for me in like shaping how I then viewed albums because then I was like a little bit more critical. I'm like a little embarrassed of how uncritical of music I was until I was like 21. (laughs) That's a unique thing that maybe you and I, (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't know what that says. I mean, uh, 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 people should just be able to enjoy music. I mean, I, I, I think one of the invitations from the universe is that, uh, and the, and the, of this podcast, is that everything has essentially infinite depth. Right. You can go as, it, there, music is infinite. I mean, that's saying something crazy, but it's true. And not only the concept of music, yeah. but like just American music in general, like, just take that and the history of rock music and pop music and 
how interesting it all gets if you really want to spend time thinking about it. I know. This is like the... It's but you don't have to. You're not thing. like a you're not like a subpar human if you don't care about that sort of thing. No, I know. I mostly am just like, I had interesting music taste when I was younger. Yeah. You know? and I listened to the craziest... Okay, so if anybody's listening that that knows this artist, take a little stop and go go look at, up some of this stuff because we listen to this hard in our house. And I've watched some of this stuff with my brother the other day like a year ago, maybe <laughs> the other day. <laughs> the other day. Uh, and we were just, we already knew it was going to be bad, but I could not. It, this guy's called Carmen. Okay. He's a Christian artist that was like somehow probably at the time, like my age now and was like this genre bending guy, like always doing like a rap song, yeah. a country song, a, an electric rock song. Like, I don't know. Very strange, but the messaging was just so over the top, like uh, sort of like American Christianity, militaristic, uh, very aggressive. And you look back and you're just like, what were we, we were doing? Leaning into this. Yeah, there was yeah. this, there was this hit, one, the album that we got first, the last song in the album was called We Need God in America Again. And it's like a 12 minute song <laughs> that's like combines preaching with rapping and like, violins and, and and like it starts with little like trumpets and a little history lesson of like when the declaration of independence gets written and then he's like oh. it, it leads up to this first big chorus and it like these drums stop and goes doom and he goes but you're a teenage american yeah Christian i'm like 14 self. and i'm like wow yeah and he, he yeah this drum hits is like boom we need god in america again and then it's like and it goes the only hope for America is Jesus, <laughs> the only hope. And I remember, I remember getting really into that. I'm like, yeah, we need Jesus. And maybe I still think it, but not not in, not that, in that energy like, propaganda <laughs> yeah, yeah. way that thinks yeah. that America. If we yeah. repent of our ways, stand firm and say we need <laughs> God in America again. It was like it was like oh 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 oh. One of the lines I thought was so funny. Um, what was it? Oh, oh I want to no. play this for you now. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, he says, if you really want to impact teens, stop handing out condoms and start handing out the word of God in schools. <laughs> it's like this big line. Everybody's like, Whoa. he really says that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man, I just got in a big mood there. That was uh, nobody go look up Carmen. But everybody. that was very entertaining. That was like when oh, you that was were, like you brought me back was, to my yeah, teenagers. No, teenager. But I'm similar. You know, yeah. I wasn't listening to like Bob Dylan and stuff like that back then, or the Beatles for that matter. I yeah. was listening. To I was listening to like Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that was just that's cool. That was partially my parents. Yeah, you know, cool parents. <laughs> I don't know if Fleetwood Mac is that cool. Fleetwood Mac is cool. <laughs> yes, they're Fleetwood in a cool, cool category. <laughs> um, well, how what were you listening to in your early 30s? I think I'll mention some of those in my. Is it going to be in your? Is going to be mentioned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that 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 has gotten me nostalgic this week. Okay, should we then wrap up this intro and? Yeah, well, uh, maybe I have a thought. Yep. To conclude, I was saying maybe it should open our next segment, but this will conclude this segment. I think I think you're going to agree with me. We're not approaching this with like these are objectively no. the right choices. No, I'm really trying to lean into the subjectivity of it. These are the ones that I just These are the f- naturally I'm trying to say I'm trying to say in my head too not ones that are necessarily just critically good 
but ones that I want to turn on still. I want to keep listening. I feel inclined to keep listening. Yeah. Um, That's how I'm, but take it for what you will, everybody. Yeah, I think especially coming into this, I was like these, by the end of the list, it's like this list feels very like, it tells a lot about me and what I needed and listened Mm -hmm. to. It was like very Mm -hmm. specific to Mm -hmm. me, Um, which is maybe something to invite y'all to do. Your top five, although Spotify, if you're out there, probably did it for you. Oh, I'm so sad I'm not on Spotify now because of it. Yeah, honestly, I'm not either. I, I use Title. Yeah, because I had to get a, a subscription for Title so I could watch Lemonade, and I just kept my subscription. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so when we come back, we will share. Oh, should we quickly predict what we're gonna begin by trying to see if we can predict some things in each other's mm-hmm. things? Mm-hmm, list mm-hmm, mm-hmm. should we quickly predict we're gonna the <laughs> <laughs> what's happening <laughs> the format we're doing this in is us guessing artists that will show up in each other's top five <laughs> okay that's gonna happen when we get back <laughs> do we do it now? <laughs> oh my gosh let's do it when we get back okay, right. when, when we, we get, get back, back. okay <laughs> Okay, let's, um, should, we, should we just get into it? We should just get into now, it. I want to say, I do want to say, let's take this list as seriously as possible. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's let's pretend, let's pretend that there's high <laughs> stakes. That like, it's significant that I made my number one number one. It's not like, oh, oh it's not. It it could have been number five, but I just kind of casually put it at number one. Like, I actually do think my number one is my number one. Oh, my number you know? one and my number two are. I thought long and hard about what was going to be the number one and what was going to be the number two. And I have come to my conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's start. Why, yeah. why don't you start with number five? Okay. Are we doing any honorable mentions? Oh, do you want to do those first? Or do we want to do them at the end? Let's do them at the end. Okay. Okay. My number five. This this is the uh, emo female that you forgot. It is Julian Baker. That's who it. <laughs> that's who it was. Because I, cause I was just about to ask you a, a girl that's part of a girl power super group. Yes. You know, yes. and I was like, I can't remember her name right now at the top of my head. Yeah. Yes. Julian Baker. Julian Baker. It I knew is it. The album Sprained Ankles. Yeah. Um, she has a few albums, but this album, it is ridiculously emo and it is so good. And I again and again go back to the album and listen to it and when I first heard it like my friend Mac was like Macy I think you're really gonna like this album and pulled out the record and she was like I cannot believe I have not showed you this album yet and she played it and I like knew from I think the, like, Mac and Aaron if they ever listen which I don't think they do but they should get a shout out because I do think they've oh they've gotten given, you into some good music oh for sure yeah. <laughs> Mac particularly like really curates like and hypes up the music that mm-hmm. she's listening to, and it, she has very good taste. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, I'm here to experience this. Yeah. Um, she's also one of those friends who like, like that's what we do is like listen to music, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's so sweet. That's she played, line. pulled out this record, 
sprained ankle and I sat there and I knew from like song two, I was like, this is it. Yeah. This album I really do love. And now I like, I low key after we finished was like, now I want to go home and just listen to this. <laughs> Can <laughs> I go home now? Over by myself <laughs> and cry. Um, That's so funny. It's, it's a really like raw, real sad song or sad album. Um, but it's also really powerful in its realness. And I have found a lot of both strength as well as like just solidarity in it. Mm. This album is a dangerous album for me. Ooh. Like, oh, one of those that you should probably kind of stay away from if you're feeling. Yeah, I have down. to. I have listened to this album probably two or three times when I shouldn't have. Mm. And it's just it's very powerfully dark. And you were talking about that and you didn't mention which song. Because I told you last week or a few weeks ago that I was re-listening to our Enneagram 4 episode. Mm -hmm. And you weren't specific about it in the episode, but you said on the plane ride home from Jackson, you listened to a song or an album you shouldn't have. Yeah. Oh, it was Was Brain Ankle by uh, the entire album. Yeah. Um, I mean... And you got too dark. Too dark. I mean, she really, like... My... Two of my albums in my top five are albums that take suicide head on. Like, and suicidal thoughts. So, like, that is something that it's inevitably those albums speak to me, and I can't get around it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's just like that's a lot of what this album is, Um, in like just charging the darkness and being in it and not hiding it, and that's why I'm so drawn to them. But that's why I think they they actually both can be cathartic to a point but then also damaging if i'm not cautious of why i'm listening to it and when i'm listening and you just what have to the be intentional is. like listening to julian baker on a plane stupid choice i should not listen to anything that's gonna put me in that place while also like going outside of the time capsule and being in this tin thing that's moving like it's already an existential <laughs> planes are hard for you place. planes are hard for you. planes are hard planes <laughs> are like a, a big existential thing for me I've um, I've had I think two or three plane experiences where I've watched you, like I don't know what the right word for it is. I, I don't I don't this isn't my this isn't the word I want, but for now I'll just use it as like crumble, you know. <laughs> uh, there's a better word, uh, but it's yeah. Real. By the it's, end, I'm like, oh. It's not every time, and it's not all the time. Nope. And flying by myself is honestly probably the best situation mm-hmm. for me. But I don't love planes. I don't, it's not even like the plane and the flying. It's like the, it's. You said it, the existential, being the in the air in a tin. It's the like. Tin. I like tin. <laughs> metal? What is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's the, the way in which we go from one place to another so fast. And then you've landed and you are in the air and you're not in a specific place necessarily. Like you don't really know where you are and you're just floating and you're, you're disconnected. <laughs> it's just all of that is happening. Mm. So sprained ankle is my number five. That's good. And I li- already think please, like people go listen to this album. It's so good. Julian Baker's voice is amazing. It's not just that. It's that it is kind of the spirit of this podcast. If anybody actually tracks and listens to many episodes. Yeah. So I think people pick and choose, which is exactly fine. Like that's what I would, that's what I do with podcasts. But, um, we do this series called age on age and wisdom, mm-hmm. age and wisdom, which I think is part of our identity, so to speak. But, um, I mean, Julian Baker's probably your age, she's probably 24. How old I is she? I think she's 26? a little bit older than me, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like that Bob Dylan energy. Like she's like a prophet. 
Yeah. I mean, the stuff she's saying is a, an old soul. Yeah, it is very, like, astute wisdom that she pours into her songs. Yeah, it's like, how is somebody saying this at this age? I think also in, like, a like iconic way. Like, I'm... Julian Baker is, like, a lesbian singer-songwriter mm. who's, like, out there, and I definitely am, like, drawn to her as, like, an icon-type mm. person where I'm, like, I resonate with what's going on in her soul and then also, like, her. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm here for all of Julian Baker mm. um, and all that she's doing. She's also, like killing it in other ways so please yeah, go she was to julian baker she's part of this girl group that i really got into i forget the name of the group though do you remember the name of the group it's phoebe and lucy yeah. dacus yeah and julian baker and i 100 percent know the name of the group but it is 100 percent not in my brain right now it doesn't matter everybody look it up find out whatever um we live in an age where you can google that yeah she's in a she's in a girl group and it's a really cool album they're all they, sad emos yeah, i yeah. mean phoebe bridgers and lucy dacus are also incredible <laughs> artists so it's an insane combination what are they i just want to look, look it up, up for the sake of for people knowing because also i feel like kind of silly that i don't know because the last song in their album was probably one of my favorite songs of the last year or two which one was it i'm not it, they have this line i'm not anywhere Da, da, boy genius, da, 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 boy, boy genius. genius da, da, da. Oh, Anywhere I know what you're talking about. I go. Da, 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 Catch him, Idaho. I think it's. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. I know what you're. I know what part you're talking about. Yeah, it's so good. Being in love is the same thing as being alone. Woo! Big line. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was my number five. Go listen. For anyone who's out there in his emo, for sure go listen if you haven't. Um, Okay. Scotty G, your number five. So now my... Now can I guess? Well, you've already guessed who's going to be on here. Is it an artist that I've guessed? Yes. Is it... uh, Did I guess it or you told me? You guessed. Oh, no, you just tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now I have some artists. I have some artists that people know that I like. So now I'm being very specific about the album I've chosen to represent this artist. Right. And um, I'm very intentional about this order. I want people to know that. This is not flippant. It's here for a reason. This person has been knocked down a few notches lately. It's Kanye. Yeah. He has to be number five. Yeah, and I do. You you did bring up um, kids see ghosts before this. Yeah, and I do want that mentioned for sure as a honorable mention. Like it is a great album. Yeah, and I and I would love, I would love. I think like was a powerful album for you. It was, and I would love in some sort of alternate reality for that to be the direction Kanye was going in his career right now. Yeah, like whatever he encountered in the creation of that album, like follow that, <laughs> you know, do that. <laughs> More of that. Um, and people would say, like, Kid Cudi brings that out in him. Yeah. But um, I put My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I mean... Yeah, it's, it's a classic choice. It is. I was wondering if that was going to be your choice. And here's what I'll say about it. Right now, if I'm going to turn on a Kanye album... First of all, I don't do that. I usually do, like, a Kanye mix. I just 
Pandora Kanye or I do like a my kids have made a best of Kanye. So like oh, so we'll listen to their like Spotify. So there's no like I don't like necessarily these days turn on a Kanye album. I'd probably if I was gonna turn on a Kanye album, choose Life of Pablo. Which but was my it was originally on my five and I crossed it off and put Julian Baker. It's a good in. one. It's, it's a good one. But I, I agree with that choice for you. Thank honestly, you. I, I think that was yeah. a good choice for me. <laughs> <laughs> um this one did almost define my decade. So even though I think it's been yeah. surpassed or passed over for for I'd say a good six years solid, it was the album. It was it was my album. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to acknowledge that. You do. Um, and, and I'll just say this about Kanye. I also have, I mean, to a certain extent, he is my Tyler Joseph, which is so sad because he's, he's destroying everything. <laughs> he's torching everything I like about him. <laughs> I know. Like, if you can imagine Tyler someday behaving in the way Kanye is currently I would behaving. I be sad. There's a few things Tyler has done where I'm like, oh, okay, okay Tyler. I, I can, I guess I can follow you that way. <laughs> but like, Honestly, if you look back at young Kanye, there is a similar energy, these artists, these emo artists, to Tyler. There was like a naivete. There was a lot of ambition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you you saw this sort of like artistic genius. And I think pe- most people would agree with me that to a certain extent, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was the the ultimate delivery of what you always thought he could do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it's a good album. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and everybody will say like for hip hop fans, it's like a gigantic tribute. It's a gigantic tribute to hip hop. So it's Mm -hmm. like, not only is Kanye doing his like right off the bat, like listening to that album, starting with this really bizarre Nicki Minaj speaking in a British accent. And she says, you might have peeped the scene. You haven't. The real one is far too mean. And if you know Kanye, it's like, and this is why it's so sad that he's currently in the state he's in. It's like, he's going to give you, and he got even worse on Jesus, like the raw, pure, not pop version yeah, of this yeah. art. You know, the real one is far too mean. Uh, the one you know was made up centuries ago and made to sound all whack and corny. You know, and, and so it's like, then he just gives you this album and you're like, gosh, this is, it's it's transcending hip hop while at the same time like paying homage to hip hip hop. Hmm, it's a like crazy cool. thing. I know. I that's it's it's an album that I know I like and it's fine, but I've never had my like time with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like super attached, but I know it's probably his best album. I know. And honestly, if it came out if if somebody just handed me all of Kanye's albums and said pick a favorite, I probably wouldn't choose that. What but would it, you choose? It would probably be Life of Pablo or Kids See Ghost. I love all of them in their own yeah. way. I mean, everybody always says, like, um, no, graduation, idea. not graduation, um, college dropout is yeah, the best. Yeah, is this best album. But um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't find myself wanting to always put that album on. An interesting choice that you've made, then, for your number five, Scott. <laughs> number five. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Big thoughts about Kanye. All right. How about your number four? Okay. The artist. This is the one I did not think you'd guess. The artist is Kesha. Wow, I would not have guessed, but I'm not surprised at the same time. There's Kesha. The album is Rainbow. Yeah, him. Him, him, Rainbow the song, Praying. Mm -hmm. Like, that whole album was very, it hit me at a good time. Like, when it came out, 
it was the album for me for the time. And it was very much like a, I'm it's living. It's kind of when I was just starting to get to know you too. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, it was a very like empowering album for me. Slash like Kesha was someone who was an artist from my early teens and she was singing songs like TikTok and they were pop pits and all these things. And then this album came and it was so different. And I was just about to say that. Like this is this is not on brand for Kesha. Right. All of a sudden she became like deep and empowering and before she felt flippant and childlike and like well, and the brushing thing, your teeth well, with a bottle of Well, the thing that's really complex is like so much of that was due to the nature of like the relationship that Kesha had with her producer and the people around her and kind of like Kesha doc- got Dr. lost Luke. into this world and then Kesha like wrote the story of coming out of it while also like finding herself and like her being an artist that I knew when I was younger and then coming out with this, I think that also added a layer because I'm like, I do know Kesha and I like like know all of her like weird silly songs, like Dinosaur mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. all of these things. And then I was like, and now she's writing Rainbow and is like speaking such truth into my life. It was like very a profound thing. And then she has the music video where it's just like the entire like aesthetic of that album. Like I picture it while I'm listening and like the colors I'm brought there. So I listened to So part of this also has been listening back and I listened to it and I was like, oh, for sure. Like I love this and will love this and continue to love mm-hmm. this album. Um, so there it is. A good revisiting. Okay, your number four. My number four that I st- stand by. Is this course. an artist that has been guessed? This is not. Oh. And it probably should have, but I don't talk about them that much. It's a low key, but true. Oh, wait, like, can I now guess? Yeah. Is it Dave Bazan or whatever? No, he's with? but that should be Pedro the Lion. Yeah. That 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 would be p- potentially the previous decade. It it could be potentially album of my life. Oh. Yeah, which is a song, which is an album called Curse Your Branches. Yeah. <sighs> I can talk about that. We should do an episode. Someday, I, it's a dream. We should. We should do an episode on that. <sighs> it's a I, dream to interview Dave Bazan. He actually just came out with a documentary that I'd love for you to watch. Wow. He has to be a four. He has to be a four. And I'll say something about that really quick. Just to you, watching this freaking documentary, I'm like, this guy, these fours. <laughs> so, like... Side note, I may keep this in there. I, I guess people are listening. They, they don't mind. Dave, Dave Bazan, Pedro Line probably have had the most impact on my life. Mm-hmm. And he's a local Christian slash non-Christian musician that's gone through a huge journey. And he just came out with a um, documentary. I recommend it. Okay. But I also just recommend his music. But he was, he was at sort of an apex of success. Mm-hmm. Or a height of success. Pedro the Lion was getting oh, well and then reviewed. Oh, like, can't have that. Yeah, he's like, nope, gotta yeah. be more authentic. So screw Pedro the Lion. I'm Dave Bazan now, and oh. actually, no to my band, and no to these interviews. I love that mood. <laughs> I love that mood. But then the whole documentary is about like the last ten years. He has not been able to make a career. Like, oh. he is traveling all over he the shot country. Himself in the foot. In, yeah, in his little van, going to these house shows all over the country in a car, and he's like saying goodbye to his family. But he's like, I have to be authentic at all costs. And you know these fans. Can we have Dave Bazan come to a live show with us? Oh, it'd be the dreamiest <laughs> thing. And the the sort of the um, climax of the documentary is it's like he kind of slaps himself on the forehead and says, all along I've had this moniker, Pedro the Lion, that people actually like. So I just started doing that again. And now look, wow, I'm selling albums. 
and I can have a career, oh you know, and gosh. I can sing songs that I know people like and I can still do it authentically. And, you know, <laughs> but it's like 10 years of like this desert of like, how that did that work out for you, man? Self, like for self-sabotage. Yeah. I, yes. I understand has- that though. I understand that need for it. Like I, yeah, I know I'm you do. always both excited and frustrated if we were to be anything oh, like <laughs> popular. Oh gosh. <laughs> we're all, if we ever are popular, which we're not <laughs> no. technically popular now, like, it would be with a very particular demographic. I know. I know. But yeah, no, he he definitely self sabotage. Success is a complicated relationship yeah, for a four. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's not your number four. No, no, he's not on the list because he can't be. Curse Your Branches came out in two thousand nine. What about his newest album? Love it, but love not, it. But not it's not five, not in top five for okay. the decade. It may be definitely be top five of the year for me. Yeah. So number four is Vampire Weekend, Modern Vampires of the City. Oh. This this is an album that should I don't know why I'm saying it this way, but like permeates this whole list. Hmm. It's like it is infused into my life and family. Hmm. It's one of the few albums. Yeah. Maybe actually three albums qualify for this, but like, that like your family listens. Filled the the house of my family. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this album. I I I wish there were more albums like like this that exist in the world. First of all, it's a very pleasant album. I feel like I have a date with Destiny with Vampire it's Weekend. So like I know I need to get into them at one point. Well, yeah, and this would be the album if you're gonna if you're gonna choose one. The first two are very playful and fun, and it was just a really refreshing energy. Yeah. Um, but this one, especially even compared to the new one, which I'm mildly interested in. Is that what that one do 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 part? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that I've used in our thing. Um this was uh, musically, like you say, sort of in a pretentious way, sonically, like novel and new and interesting. So you're hearing new and interesting things, but they tackled religion hmm. in a way that was very novel and kind of coming at it sideways. Like they have all of these songs. Like, I mean, the God is in every song. Hmm. Um, they have a song called Yahe that's like a twist on Yahweh. And so it's always I think just I've like, heard this. yeah, I'm sure you have heard a lot of them, but yeah. like everything is sort of crying out to like God and why did you do it this way? But in a very sort of obscure hmm. way that is not necessarily like a lot of Christianese. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Gosh, I know I should listen to them. I like know a few of their songs because they are in playlists or people have shared them, but I've never. It's sat not, down. it's not, I mean, it's like sort of. The and the opposite of Twenty One Pilots, like, and and I love Twenty One Pilots, and I love Julian Baker, and I think there's a time and a place, right, for like direct lyrics, you know. I think there's something really beautiful about like a raw, direct, clear, non-ambiguous line in a song, yeah, just delivered straight. That's yeah. a really cool energy, but I I tend to gravitate towards like a very ambiguous line. That has multiple interpretations. It's you and Beach House. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, last Christmas, one of our kids got the record, Modern Vampires of the oh. City. And it is already, we had had the history with it, and they put it on in the background. I was like, this Just is like, the best vibe. Like, I love this album. Yeah. Yeah. So. I need to listen to it. Okay. Cool. Four. <laughs> Are we now to three? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you didn't guess this artist, but I'm surprised. And I'll be curious oh, gosh, how this. Well, let me have another chance. 
Yeah. You're surprised that I didn't guess those? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it. All right, just say it. <laughs> it is the books. Oh, I didn't think they had made a lot, an album in the last decade. They did, and it's my favorite album by them. <laughs> so I was like, yes, it came out in 2010. I oh, get to say it just it. squeaks in there. It squeaks into my top five, <laughs> um, which made me very happy when I discovered Is it the one that. with group autogenics? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it is The Way Out. Yeah, so good. It. This album, I listened back. I listened to it yesterday, two days ago. Clear the way for a nice reflection on this album. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I sat there and was like, this album is perfect in so many ways. It begins with the weirdest combination of all of these weird, like, self-help, guru, meditation, mm-hmm. hypnotic voices. It's weird. It's weird from the bow, start to the bow, end. Bow, bow. You're fine, Jack. Oh, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> it's... It has it. It's just it's so good. Immediately you buckle in and you're like, okay, I'm. We're going gonna use on that opening song trip. to start our life. We are. Um, the books, if you haven't listened to them, they're probably not your everyday artist. Most people probably don't actually love the books, but I love them. If given a chance, I think most people people some people need to give permission. I to be given yeah, that's permission. true. I was like, hey guys, do you want to listen to this <laughs> song or this these artists like multiple times with the books? And there's a few people who are like. What is this? This needs yeah. to stop. There um, was that four meme the other day of like like <laughs> ox cord and playing weird music. <laughs> true. Um, this album, like to me, of any album, captures kind of and has been a really cool reflection of like a lot of the understanding of self and ego that I've mm-hmm. been going through. Like it seems to try like the album title is called "The Way Out" and it's a really interesting like if you could go into it and interpreting out this kind of like examining of self and finding the way out of self is like a lot of what this song is doing. Plus it's their artists who put together clips of things. So it's like their songs are made up often of just like little snippets of people in life. And it seems to be speaking about humanity on such a deep level when it's all placed together in this album. And it has like, the saddest song ever where it just like goes all in emo. And then the next song is like the weirdest song. That's like the story of hip hop. And it's a story (laughs) of these like little bunnies and it's like so (laughs) obscure and you never know what's going on. But then like by the time the end of the album hits, like everything does seem to make sense and have its place. And you're like, what was that absurdity? And yet it all belongs and it's all true it, oh, it's like a collage. It's like a crazy collage. Yeah. It's a crazy collage. I, um, I, it's not in my top five, but I agree with it. <laughs> it feels right. I see it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's for sure in my top five. I listen to it all. The books hold an interesting place in my heart because I wouldn't even say it, they're honorable mention, but I still love the books. <laughs> There's just like a very specific time and place for the books in my mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I... I mean, honestly, honestly, a lot of it for me personally has to do with, like, weirding someone out. I love that idea of, like, listen to this. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what? I love that reaction from someone. What? Yeah. Um, but, man, I know that... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is so good. I think, for me, I also listen to them, A, a lot, like, 
it's a good album for me to listen to by myself, but also I listen to it most Sundays, I would say, which is most like Sundays. an interesting thing. It's like church service. <laughs> like mm. I come home from yoga, I'll usually listen to a beautiful anonymous and I'll listen to the way out. And it's like a very like this feels like right on brand for me. Um, but I do think I'll be done. But no, I think, hurry up, get done with it. I just think this album for me also <laughs> it it is so important for me in that it has kind of all the things I'm looking for and that it has like a song that is just so out there and crazy and cringy. I mean, like it has Cold Freezing Night, which is just like Cold Freezing Night. The weirdest song ever that exposes children and their like maliciousness slash just like humans. Um but it also has like quotes from Gandhi and like really sweet, sappy songs and moments. Um, so it wins. It's number three. It wins. <laughs> and it made it in. I was so happy when I realized it could make it in. Oh, the books. They could be there. Number three. <laughs> yes, it feels right. I yeah. know. I know. If you are out there and you're curious, listen to The Way Out or listen to The Lemon of Pink. It's not from this last decade, but it's also a really good one. I do um, wish there were more albums and artists like the books that were more mainstream. It it seems so right and good and true to be existing. Oh, a hundred. And it seems like something we need. I know. And if I ever become a musical artist <laughs> in this lifetime or my next, I want I I want to sound like the books. <laughs> my I I see that. And I sort of agree. Honestly, if I were to choose a vibe that I would ultimately want for myself, something along those lines. Oh, a hundred percent. Um Okay. The, uh, final thought about the books is is we will do an episode on the books. What is day. music? I know <laughs> that's that's a, that's a thought. You know, it's like this idea of verse, chorus, verse, chorus. You know, bridge, chorus, and like you sing a song and you have a little melody, and it's like I love anything that questions like, well, what is music? Oh. What's a song? I know, which is is true and interesting when I think about my top three artists because Top is a little bit, mm-hmm. but like Joanna and the books. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not fitting any format of the song. It's true. <laughs> a true four. <laughs> okay, so my number three. Interesting. I, I want to guess what your chance album was. If it's oh number sure, three. go ahead. Is it is it your number three? Yeah. Is it Acid Rap? No, it's Chance Three. I think that's what you it's mean called. Coloring book. Coloring book. I wrote oh, Chance okay. Three. Okay. For the longest time in the lead up, I he was always talking about be Chance you were Three. Sneak that on me, so I wanted no, to get it. No, I I do love Acid Rap. It's interesting. I don't think Acid Rap has totally aged well. I don't think so either. But it's what got I me think into Kendrick. Book is the best. Yeah, me too. So, again, Coloring Book has to do with my family. Like it was, it was something that was at that time like. None of the rap music I was listening to was appropriate for my family and my kids. So it's like I was listening to these albums like um, To Pimp a Butterfly or something like that on my own. Right. You couldn't like be like, all yeah. right, eight-year-old. And I just also was not into Christian rap. Like you brought up Lecrae <laughs> during the break, <laughs> so not on mic. Uh, and I just was not the type of dad that was like sharing Lecrae with my kids. Right. So Coloring Book came out and I was like, this is, I would say whatever we mean by this word, like transcendent. Like I just, I still feel when I think of that album, I, I think of colors. I think of being in a safe, warm cocoon. I mean, it's like the most, 
cozy, it's a cozy chill album. Like, yeah. I mean, Chance puts you at ease yes. in that album. It yes. is like immediately comforting. nostalgia yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Which why were you why are you nostalgia? But like nostalgia when something's new is a lovely thing. It's a crazy thing. How do you accomplish <laughs> that? Yeah. Um, and then honestly, like I, which is what's interesting to compare to like um, Jesus is King now. Like I. I'm, I agreed with like the theology of it. Right. Like, whatever, he, whatever he was saying about God, I liked that and I wanted my kids to hear it. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted. I know it was, Chance was a big deal in the Christian yeah, community. Yeah. I it remember like Dr. B being like, we got to talk about Chance. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's talk about Chance. And at the time, he was probably younger than you are now. I mean, when he made that album, he's probably like 23. You know? Yeah. Gosh, Which is a crazy thing. Make these albums at such a Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, any Peter in any Peter Pettigrew can get the pesticides. <laughs> like these lines, like I love that it was combining sort of this young pop culture, some kid that grew up on Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. With like this theology, it was just I don't know. It was just a. Oh, so, it's so also sweet. it's an album that yes you can anytime any mood play it and it's yeah. like it'll fit the room kind of thing because it's not overbearing but it's also like fun and light and groovy yes. and you know like you can just kind of vibe out to it yeah it's good that's a good choice we don't do the same drugs no more like oh. even that line is so sentimental and even though i'm not like relating to what he's talking about but you just say yeah like yeah oh, we've so drifted good. apart and yeah. the way he delivers that oh it's so yeah. real and good <laughs> gosh Ooh. i have heavy nostalgia for many songs yeah. on there yeah so that was a big that was a big album for me. Chance is a big person. I for feel me. like for a lot of people, this would make their top five. Mm, so good. I think that that's okay. I think we'll take a, a break, whatever that means. Oh yeah, for our top two. Then we'll come back with our top two, and then we'll do some honorable mentions. Okay, sounds yeah. good. When we come back. Top two. So it's my number it's two. Do you yeah. want to guess? You know my top two artists. You can try and guess the album and the artist. Oh number gosh. two. You know, the sad thing is, first of all, it has to be Joanna. It's not T.O.P. <laughs> <laughs> and I, correct. I forget the the names of Joanna's albums. That's okay. But my guess is it's the one... That was the most recent. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It is Divers. Divers. By yeah, yeah, Divers. It is yeah. Divers. It's <laughs> so good. It is the best album. Yeah, oh gosh. Um, this one, Joanna and T.O.P. were easy picks for top two artists. Yeah. Um, I honestly was debating: Will mm-hmm. Joanna take the number one spot? Will it happen? It didn't, but she was close. Everybody. I think Joanna represents your most recent. Uh, obsession obsession and, and personality mm-hmm. but top is so important and strong for this decade mm-hmm. exactly yeah. that is actually where it was i was yeah. like no top like beckons in this decade of mm-hmm. meanness so i had to put that but 
Divers. Um, this album. Transcend, transcend, transcend. Yeah. <laughs> this album kind of, for me, represents kind of this coming out of a depression season. Like, I have artists in here. I really do have either albums that are about, like, <laughs> being depressed or, like, the process out of it. Oh, it really Rainbow, hurts my heart when I Rainbow think about it. Rainbow kind of is that vibe too. It's yeah. like, oh, after this like tragic thing comes this rainbow. And that's kind of, that's kind of Diver's energy mm-hmm. with me. Um, oh, Diver's. It's so good. It is a really Infinite good album. Depth. If you haven't listened to Diver's Infinite Depth, depth I would agree. Any 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 book. If you don't want to talk about like the the way we treat people like Dostoevsky or you know Charles Dickens or something. This is on that level. Like you, you could spend, you could get a doctorate in Joanna Newsom. Oh, oh, PhD, I think there's probably know? people who maybe yeah. are. That would be really incredible. Um, so Joanna, if you don't know, listen to this We have a whole episode on her, but she's Which a lyricist, actually a harpist, our, probably our best listened, our most listened to Artist? musical. Podcast. I love yeah. that. I People love that. Want, the podcasters want some episodes on Joanna Newsom. <laughs> we can give it to them. Yeah, we yeah, can. true. We could dissect song yeah. by song. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. It would be Patreon. So fun. Um, but this album really does feel like some kind of... It gets at the universe in a way that I'd never had music get at it. I've been listening to all of this Christian music for so long, and that was kind of where I was finding my, like... because. For me, when I experience music, often I am looking for something that's going to be transcendent mm-hmm. or something that's going to speak on this very deep level. I am not drawn. I'll listen to pop fun, whatever, but like I'm not going to go back and really be all about just music that's preaching happiness or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this album seemed to speak about the universe with wisdom and like knowingness that is like beyond any music I've ever heard. And it's, it is transcendent music. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like in a lot of ways, listening to something like divers helps me to experience myself and the universe and this cosmic force and God or whatever word you use for that more than anything ever had like this, album brings me to a place of like knowingness that I don't even like I can't put to words um, yeah for the first time in this whole conversation I have, I feel my heart racing a little bit <laughs> thinking about this album you know such a good album yeah it's and when it, it hits you at the end with Pinlight Ben it I mean I am just gone man. and it ends and I'm immediately like, okay, I gotta restart it <laughs> that was I spent that's you I that's spent from thing. like I would say May to September, October, listening to it at least probably every day. It was and sort of your painting. It now. was, it yeah. was. So it was like I would like go and just paint and listening to it gave me like so much energy and strength and mm-hmm. like vision to see and just do. And I created so many paintings this one summer, basically mm. listening to it, staying up so late. Mm. And it just it speaks to something mm. that I can't, I can't necessarily put to words, but a very profound album, a very shaping album. I got to see Joanna like <laughs> this, or this November. And, and she did the thing that we all would think <laughs> that you could do, which was like do the transcend and went right into the sin. 
<laughs> she did the thing <laughs> that was like, I was like, I'm going to pass out and die. Um, yeah, so... She did, yeah, she went from time as a symptom right into anecdotes. And if anybody out there is a fan and listens to Divers and knows, then they know that it's a very beautiful, cool thing for her to have done. And it was, like, musically an insane thing. Watching her play the harp live and play the piano live and sing live puts so much into perspective of listening on my headphones and watching her on videos. I see, I'm like, what she's doing is beyond human like I can tell but then seeing it live I mean it's just like unfathomable how good at what she does yeah beyond human is an interesting way of saying it because I almost say like a a magnificent picture of what humans are capable of yeah you know like look at this person playing this friggin harp (laughs) and singing these songs and creating these lyrics it's really weird because I like back up the camera. I'm like, okay, it's playing the harp, but mm-hmm. there's something about it that when you experience it and you see the the way it's happening, I mean, I was just so inspired, so inspired. So I would also put this album as the most like inspiring album. Mm-hmm. We talked about I painted from it, but it really like evokes that creative mm-hmm. sense in me. I think part of it is because she's going full throttle all in everything it's like high art she brought her full self she gave everything to yeah. the i mean not just this album but any album you like feel like she gave everything it's I know, like i feel that way genius <laughs> level listen listen to divers also listen to yeast and have one on me and milk eyed mender every album they're all good. Is so good they're all good um but and for I'm, me divers is the album yeah yeah I don't, I don't, I mean this as a compliment, I think. Um, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, like, I think, I mean something specific about this, but I feel like Divers is her most accessible album. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay, good. I would agree. I think her, I think Divers is, it has like, I think she, in something like Yeast, I mean, she was not trying to, please anyone mm-hmm. i mean not that she is necessarily with divers but she has like a 17 minute long song I know, piece. I know. that's that is for some people just it's a big move always not gonna be they're always not gonna be down i mean she did play that live and oh, it yeah. was unreal <laughs> imagine 17 minutes i was like she's doing it she's doing it <laughs> Oh, and it's yeah. so worth it when you're like in the middle and she says something like scrape your knee. It's only skin. You're like the Thank last you. 10 minutes Thank have you. brought yeah, me here. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Now so I'm crying. I came to California for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would agree. Divers is the most accessible. It has uh, themes that a, I think are very relatable and it's the least cryptic. It's been really cool to bond with you over Dran and Newsom though, because it's been a, it's been, s- up until the podcast and our relationship, uh, Joanna Newsom was somebody I experienced, um, mildly. Like I knew she was in a, like a quote unquote important artist. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll listen to this yeast album when that yeah. came out. And I was like, gave it a listen and moved on. I was like, I did it. People said I should listen and I listened and I liked it. 
Yeah. But I didn't keep listening. Then you were forced to listen to it because of me. Yeah, and that that was great because I should. And I obviously, the more you listen, the more you appreciate it. Yeah. And especially as we were preparing for our episode, I was like, I gotta, I gotta know Joanna Newsom. I gotta listen to these songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know specific spots. I was driving around town where certain songs came on, and I had like a moment. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that is so powerful about Joanna's music is because it is so. It's so rich in the depth and there's so much meaning hidden in so many things that it can hit you at any point. You don't even know. And it's one line and you're like, oh, my wow, goodness. I'm now I see so many dots. Mm-hmm. And it's like that was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love her. Love that album. Number two. Oh, I feel so good about that choice. It's a good choice. All okay. these things make sense. There's nothing that I'm like, what? I know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. I have a lot to say about this choice, but my number two is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Now, what I want to say about this is To Pimp a Butterfly. I, can I just say this in wonder? Please. On our Kendrick episode, did you say Good Kid, Mad City was your favorite album between the two? I don't think so. Okay. I can't imagine saying that. Okay. I going. mean, I do love it, and it did make me fall in love with Kendrick. But is that even before 2010? I think it is. Okay. But Good Kid, Mad City... I don't know. I would probably, I mean, Kendrick is, Kendrick has been pretty quick, you hmm. know? I mean, I would say I Good Kid Man City. In maybe 2012. Yeah. Okay. Ex- well, explain to okay. Pimp Butterfly. Okay. Explain this choice, Scotty G. Um, I mean, based on what we know and my knowledge, it is for America, whatever we mean by this. For America. For America. Um, the most important album, the most significant album, the most like it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mix of like what we're talking about in terms of pop and it has a Joanna Newsom vibe. Like it's very heady. Oh, it is. And story based. Good Kid yeah. came out in 2012. There you go. Okay. Um it has a lot of layers to it. Yeah. Like, I, I think when he r- did Damn, it seemed like he was... A lot of Damn a lot of rappers these days have Drake in their mind, and I think they want to, like, <laughs> beat Drake. Do you like Drake? I have ambivalence about Drake. I've never been... I, c- I can say that I've never been, like, a fan. Me neither. I yeah. don't know if I... Like, I'm like, Drake exists. Yeah. People, a lot of people like Drake, yeah. but I've never... And there yeah. are times where I have listened to a Drake album and I've can vibe to it, mm-hmm. but I've never been like, Oh yeah, Drake. Um, when he started, Drake was like the new Kanye. He was sort of emo and artsy. Yeah. And then he really became sort of this machismo male competitive. I'm better. And that's a weird vibe for him because he started off emo. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And sensitive, you know, he was known as like this, the sensitive rapper. Hmm. And now he's just like he is the top. He is the top. Right, which point. I wouldn't. I yeah. I don't know much about Drake, and I wouldn't be like sensitive not interested. Drake. Yeah, I mean, he came out with his album Scorpion. I don't even think I listened to the whole thing, but like I know he, I know he really messes with Kanye. <laughs> I know Kanye is like I know he has better album sales than me. And how do I? These people. Yeah, but so Kendrick, I think didn't. I wouldn't say sold out when he made Damn, but like. To Pimp a Butterfly, I think, is like this just beautiful, raw, pure expression of what Kendrick's message is. Yeah. And 
Um, yeah, it's deep. It's it's, it's deep like Joanna Newsom. It, it's like it something really you have to is. immerse yourself in. And I think I really grew a lot of appreciation. I mean, mm-hmm. both of us are talking about working these artists where we both like studied each other's yeah. favorite artists. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And at the end of the, all of it, To Pimp a Butterfly was my favorite album. I think I said mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I think you and I are, I know I'm a sucker for a last song and mm-hmm. a big thing and mm-hmm. the last, and I think that makes the whole album, like, I often will interpret a whole album through that last song. Like, it's such Amen. a powerful thing. Amen. And uh, To Pimp a Butterfly really delivers with that. And you also explain, like, all of the, like, what it's, it has so much meaning behind it. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's such a, a wonderful thing to give people. Well, like, in that album, he he really addresses his own depression. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so no, that's huge. It, I feel like Kendrick is a very cool raw artist. And then I've actually played this for my kids, and I try to say like, look, if you if you like want to do Christian rap or like Kendrick or Chance or Lecrae, like here's to me the high mark. Yeah. Or the part or the 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 the. Level everybody should be shooting for. Yeah, he has this uh, his this song called "How Much a Dollar Costs." So good, it's so good. Yeah, and it's like it has the Christian message that you would hope, but delivered in a way that doesn't feel trite or cheesy. And he's like, this whole time he's been judging these panhandlers in Africa, and the very final message in like the last twenty seconds is like, um, when you say no to giving money to me, you're looking at the Messiah. You're looking at the, the God standing in front of you asking for money. And, and to like me, that's a profound shook. message. Yeah, yeah, you're shook. You're like, yeah. that really messed with me. Um, King Kunta's on this. King Kunta, yeah. The like, so, there's some bops. <laughs> I, like, I will always be like, let's King Kunta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love that song. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good album. I mean, and then you have this sort of like um, hip hop head, whatever that means, uh, tribute. Like the first song, again, Alone could be a dissertation because yeah. the first song has so many. Is that what that campfire? Uh, campfire? Are they at a campfire? The oh, no, that's the first album. Oh. <laughs> that's section 80. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're all running together. Yeah. The the first song is this Every N-Word is a Star. Oh. Every N-Word is a Star. And then um, the musical influences of that are like so Compton- and so Dr. Dre and so funk psychedelic and, and um, uh, like California inspired. And it's just, it's just, it's amazing. It, gets, it hits all the notes. It's for you. like, he's a professor of hip hop and created this song. Yeah. Anyways, tip him a butterfly. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's true. It's like by the end, I, I was listening to that album uh, during training for a marathon. Oh. So I was running all over Seattle, probably listened to that album 30 times, mm-hmm. beginning to end. And people have said, like, I oh, I, honestly, um, somebody said All Right was the song of the decade. Mm. Um, Whoa. Yeah. And his song, You, which is oh, his depression so song, is on right before that. It's the low point. So good. It's his depression song. I know. And I remember being on a run. It's his depression yeah. song. You know, when he's like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Yeah. Um, and you're listening to that on a run, and you're like, gosh, yeah, this is a mood. And then all of a sudden, it's like, ba, 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 all my life. You know, it's yeah. like, 
I would just get so pumped, even though it's not really a song dip. for me. Yeah, I'd still get pumped. I, 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 it's a, it's you get immersed in a story. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I do think Kendrick is a storyteller. I think mm-hmm. that's also something that Joanna is doing something similar. They're oh. painting imagery. They're These telling two are you similar. Joanna yeah. and Kendrick are similar. It's just like that's a fascinating connection, but I think it's true. Um, a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Both of them use a lot of oh, words. Oh yeah, and like everything, I feel like they have. They're trying to communicate so much with each word. Like it for them probably has multiple meanings plus the meaning that you interpret into mm-hmm. it. They're expecting that, you know? Yeah. These people. Okay. Number one. Is it time I know what number, number one, one is. is. Well, we know, but do you do you think you know what album? Yeah. <laughs> I guess vessel. Yeah, it's vessel. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be. It I has to it be. has to be. I uh it, this is the most comprehensive T.O.P. album. It's so the like album. it's yeah, it is the album for them. And it's the album that got me into them. Mm. And it's just it has all the the songs that I need. It's the most <laughs> the songs I need is the tightest of their albums. Mm-hmm. I would say it's the most on like this is what they're about. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. Um, I was like, honestly, I want to put 21 Pilots self-titled on my top five because that would be my second one for them yeah. is self-titled. Um, and when I think about my early, like, that album, I was, like, talking to Matthew and I was, like, an album where he uh, begins by, like, calling out to God and saying that it would be better if God would, like, damage him in all of these ways to just prove that God exists. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the exact that's... thing I want from an album oh. to be like, that's the opening is that kind of song. <laughs> so that album is a close second in a lot of ways, but vessel from start to finish from Ode to sleep <laughs> to truce, every single song speaks has just like spoken so much truth into my life and like yeah. it just speaks to me and other people I'm sure but I'm like me on such <laughs> a very profound level um, I think Tyler s- said a lot of things that I like didn't have the like words to say where I was just like geez and yet at the same time was very like very raw very vulnerable and yet very like powerfully defiant of it in a lot of ways. Um, So this is an album that both can like knock me down and then also like really lift me up. Mm -hmm. It like does both of those things for me. Um, So what's the high point? The high point of the album. Yeah. What'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) Is it end of trees? Is that end of trees? It it, will goes trees, then truce. Truce. Yeah. Um, Now the night. I would is say... Is that, is, that, is that truce? That's truce, yes. Coming to... Well, okay. The high point... The climax is car radio. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, that's it. That's your, that's, your, that's your whole thing. That's your whole thing. <laughs> car, radio. car radio. Um, <laughs> that song is... Yeah, that song is... Is it all in a lot of ways? Um, now I just sit here in silence. Now <laughs> I just sit yeah, here in silence. Yeah. Oh, and just sit and think. And, <laughs> oh, it's so good. That is, I, I think that's the whole, that's the whole energy of the podcast. I mean, we have so many differences, but that's where we meet. Like, <laughs> I've got to sit here and think about this. I know, I know. Like, oh, so I much noise in the world. 
I could, that song is so good. But the, I think the album is just so good. Like it begins with Ode to Sleep. Like that's mm-hmm. the title. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this, like it jumps up and down between so many different sounds. It's like this weird poppy, like what's the word I'm like, synthy, mm-hmm. synthy mm-hmm. thing. But it's like yelling at the nighttime and the demons of the night. And like, but also like giving you space to be like, yeah, those actually exist. You're not crazy for saying they exist. And like, let's have a space where we can actually encounter them and talk about it and not be like pretending it doesn't exist. I was like, finally, Oh, Whoa. Okay. Like this is so nice. And then, yeah. Takes you on all the ups and downs, all the ups and downs. You've helped me to see that T.O.P. is, I mean, they're successful and they're seen. Yeah. But to a certain extent, I do really truly, and I'm, this is nothing new on our podcast, but I do think underrated. I think they are. A underappreciated. Underrated. Well, I just. Think misunderstood. Maybe misunderstood. Um, they have a, like a cultish following vibe. There's nothing about Tyler and T.O.P. Josh. Who's the drummer? Josh. 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 Josh um, I don't want to neglect him. I don't want to overlook him, but we, no, we, we all do know Josh. it's Tyler. Well, I, like, I will, and I'm also just like obsessed with Tyler. Yeah. Like it's from the very beginning. I've always been a Tyler ride or die. Mm-hmm. Sorry about it. Misunderstood. That's all I'd say. Not appreciated for what I think they're trying to do. Um, I know. I think that they are actually like a very important voice in this ethers. And even listening to Trench recently, like Neon Gravestones is a song that I think is actually more profound than I even gave it credit when I first heard it. Like and when that album came out, you were in a different dimension. <laughs> in a different dimension. I know. I was really swept up in that album release. Pet Cheetah. Pet, Pet Cheetah. Cheetah. Oh, it's such a good song. Um, What's the last song? That's the song I get most vibey to. Leaving the City. Living the City. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. I, I mean, I, um, I had big tearful moments with that song. Yeah. It's Trench is a good album. I really mm. like Trench. It's definitely not like if I look at T.O.P., Blurry Face doesn't make it. Trench doesn't make it. Although I love them. I listened, I made Matthew and listened to all of 21 Pilots when I was like, let me pick my T.O.P. album, even though I really knew it was going to be Vessel. But I was Matthew's like, so patient. let's listen to all of them. <laughs> um, the founder of yeah. our podcast. Yeah. Also, it has my favorite songs because it has Ode to Sleep, Migraine, Car Radio. Huge. Truce. And then Truce is my favorite song. Huge. T.O.P. Truce is my favorite, right? Truce, I, Truce is your favorite, yeah. I think. Ooh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Okay, your top beach house. Can I guess what your top beach house is? <laughs> well, is it Depression Cherry? Let me, let me just say. Let me just say about uh, Twenty One Pilots. Um, very interested to see what they do next. Me too. Me yeah. too. I mean, Tyler's having a kid. Yeah. That is gonna hopefully. I hope. I hope. Please, Tyler, that you go. Please, <laughs> like, Tyler. Is I he want listening? him to get like really existential about what it is to have a child and like give us that album. I want that. I want him to be a tormented father a little bit and give us that. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'll give you that right now. Yeah. I mean, I get cathartic. It would be the progression. It'd be the next step. Yeah. Um, or settling down. 
please give me an album unpacking settling down, Tyler, and growing older and get, being at this age. I would he love that. He wants to write some songs about his wife making him sandwiches. <laughs> get out here. <laughs> I really, I'm, I am actually scared that it's going to like fluff out. I'm like, please don't, please don't. Don't fluff like, out. Please keep going darker and deeper. My number one is Depression Cherry. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's so funny. I feel the same way I felt about my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye. Like, I had had a deep... I'm having emotions just thinking about it. Like a heavy romance with Beach House. Yeah. To me, they were my everything. And um, it's similar with you. You can picture yourself closing your eyes... And you can be in the pool place yeah, where Alex is learning and you're hearing this for the first time and you're like 21 pilots. And I can, I, I've sought, talked about this on the podcast. I remember the first time I heard Zebra and the world changed. <laughs> like this is a transcendent moment. And they became my group. They were mm-hmm. like, this is it. This I don't know why, but they are my group. Yeah. This is what it just happens. Yeah. It just happens. And I think you'd say this about Tony and Pilots. It's like, for whatever reason, this is what I'm trying to communicate to the world. Yeah. This is what I want to say to the world through my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. That know? is true. Yeah. Like this is my favorite band. This is what they're doing. Yeah. And it's a reflection of you. Oh. They're being vaguely so. <laughs> encrypted. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I remember being on this uh retreat with my friends. We go on this yearly retreat. This year will be our 18th. And we were on Lopez Island, and um, that album dropped with the song Myth. And I just thought, like, again, like they're delivering on ways that I can't comprehend and just felt so in love with this band. Yeah. They take you to a place. (laughs) They do. And I remember, so um, they're coming out with this album. Depression Cherry, and I'm. It's. It's. I guess this is significant for me. It's really hard to describe what happens here. I'm. I'm heading to this place called Esperanza in Canada, which is a little camp up in Canada. <laughs> I just said this. In um, I don't know Canada very well. It's. It's up in a very obscure inlet, uh, uh, like the Sound and these islands. Hmm. No, Nowheresville. And I see that they've released their album and I download it. And my family and I are up there to serve First Nations people hmm. in Canada. And we're like, we're like clean, cleaning up this camp that has like very little resources and a, a little kitchen. It's, it, we're in the middle of nowhere, yeah. essentially. And I didn't have a role. I, I really wasn't there for anything aside from like serving as I'm, I'm there to serve. And I, I very quickly in the first day made it my role to be the videographer. So, and I, I made a video that like to this day, I'm like, I can tell that, that it's like a gift to that community that has been serving up there for like 30 to 40 years. Mm. They've never had a video capturing what the work they do. What they do. Yeah. Um, so I just walked around my, camera your ultimate yeah dude. yeah it's a sit back and but just observe and have this. in the down times <laughs> i have my headphones on and i was just staring off into nature listening to this brand new album beach house depression cherry yeah 
Yeah. And you just, just were like any moment walking into that, <sighs> stepping away to go into that. The biggest vibes. Yeah. The, the album starts with levitation. Oh. And it's just this, like, I love that Beach House takes their time. It just, they do. Yeah. And that song is like, it's it. They're not rushing. They're not like let's get to the big part. It's like nope. We're gonna keep going with this. We're gonna keep going. And we don't know when the drop is gonna happen. And then this drop happens where this bass note comes in, and this line that I love. That again, okay. I'll say this about Beach House. I love that their lines are ambiguous. I love that anybody can bring their own self to that line. Mm-hmm. So they say, the branches on the trees they all hang lower now. What I've taken that to mean is, growing old. Like things are sagging more, things are weightier, mm-hmm. they're not light, mm-hmm. and it's such a nostalgic sound. Like, it's like this beach house at their best. Yeah, and that's that's naming getting old, but in a very specific mm-hmm. way, where you're like it harkens something. I mean, I think like the Giving Tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the Giving Tree. It ends with Days of Candy. Yeah. Yeah. It ends, yeah, with, it ends with the best song. Oh, yeah, it's so that good. That song has that hit. Yeah. That song, I feel like, encompasses the album, too. It's like this big, epic moment where you, like, come to mm-hmm. see, and you're, like, a, you're a little bit above it, and mm-hmm. you, ah, I don't know. I know They're it's so true. So no, it's true. Um, I have I have my own nostalgia with that album. Yeah. Because you introduced me to them, and then I listened to it a lot in, like, two winters ago. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, I can picture those scenes. I can picture, like listening to them and them being kind of like warm in the cold warm in the cold what a great beach house but not like it wasn't like oh i'm listening to summer music you know like it was the right kind of thing but it wasn't like i'm listening to bonavere right now in the winter it has a different warmth to it because bonavere i'm like i'm cold right now and it's cold (laughs) (laughs) to me there's something and this is just off the top of the head like there's something about the energy of beach house is like they're whispering something so significant and profound to you. Like when you're listening, like when Days of Candy comes on, it's like this whole vibe building up, building up, building up. And then it's like the whole, I love that they, I love that their songs switch. It's like it switches to a major chord. Mm -hmm. And then they just say, after all this reflection, just like that, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, I'm just getting choked up thinking about it. (laughs) It's just so nostalgic. It's so meaningful. Just like that's gone. But it's it's also not direct. It's like it leaves so much room for interpretation, but just like that. It does. I also feel like they're so good in that they are they've somehow found a way to be both a have a very powerful ability to be background music and yet yeah if you put them at the center, it can captivate you and be enough for the center. You know? Like, it's not like you can't have T.O.P. as a background album. You don't yeah, you have Vessel in the background. Yeah, yeah. You're not like, oh, I've got a migraine. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't be chill with that. That's a good point. But Beach House, you can. You and can. yet you also could lock into it. And wow. be like, yeah, there's, you know, it's all here. You can't yeah, put you Joanne on the, the background. You bring the heat with that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. No, there have been times in my life where I'm like, I mean, I think it just happened recently. It happened probably two weeks ago where I just had a moment where I was here at the house spontaneously by myself and the sun was setting spectacularly back here. And I was just like, turned on Beach House, had a beer. I was like, 
This is it. This is life. This yeah. this is why we exist. <laughs> you know, and I was just walking through the house feeling euphoric. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mood. That's uh, a mood. Our top okay. five our of top the decade. Five there it the is. Decade. Makes okay. sense. They oh yeah, they make so much sense. Okay, I want to just name a few honorable Please. mention artists of the Please. decade that I just think should be out. We'll there. feel guilty if we don't. I would be. Frank Ocean almost made my list so many times. Me Frank Ocean too. blonde. Channel Orange, honestly, Me like too. I'm like those albums. This artist are like he is amazing, important, significant, good, all the things, vibes, the vibes. Like mm-hmm. we could just sit there and talk about the vibes of Frank Ocean. Love him so much. Mm-hmm. Artist, I would say maybe like as a decade artist, like love Frank, Frank Ocean. Ocean and and also a future artist. I think he's he's. Oh, I think he's got he's a lot coming. more in him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, other things, Lemonade came out in this decade. I have and that, that too. That was almost on my top. Huge. Like Lemonade was profound for me. I I I, ha- I read a list the other day of um, the top twenty videos of the decade. Yeah. And Lemonade was number one. Yeah. And I watched some of that with Avery, and she kept looking over at me and being like, "Why are you crying?" I was like, "Every song on here." I I, I tried to sum it up. I'm like, I don't know exactly, but I think it has something to do with this picture of a woman not giving into any of this bullshit like standing firm in her truth well and a black woman a black woman i mean that part where where it's like the black the malcolm x clip the black woman is the most disrespected person in the country and it's like i and she says i'm the dragon breathing breathing fire it's like it's, there's so much power. There's so much power. This album hit me at such a specific point because I listened to it while taking Christianity and Society at SPU with Dr. Bantam, which if that tells you anything, he was just like unpacking everything. It tells and was me something. Like, Most of our gonna, listeners have no idea. If we're going to talk about Christianity, we first need to talk about like sexism and racism and then we can talk about it. And it was like this amazing, the whole class was awesome. But while I was... Re, like taking that class lemonade came out i'm reading in fleshing freedom where the thesis of it of this book is that jesus christ is embodied in the black female experience and in black woman and then lemonade comes out and it was just like here it is it is such a powerful album i feel like that album also changed things like that set a new standard it did. in a lot it of did. ways um, it's so good and i will just say too like I don't I don't at at this point have anything universal to say about marriage. I have my experience with marriage and I can articulate my commitment to marriage. Yeah. But I can't think currently of a better example of what Christianity is trying to articulate with marriage. Hmm. Like this is a this is a space where grace gets to get enacted out in the most profound ways. Yeah. Yeah. And you have this woman who felt slighted and cheated on and didn't deserve it. And it ends with like this powerful, profound sense of grace and hope. Right. And it's it's such a it's such a powerful forgiveness. It's not like in any way a cheap grace. No. You know, no, when she says uh, at the end of that song, I forget. What was it? It's the big it's the big rock song with Jack White, like where she's really flipping out. (laughs) Yeah. If you love me, you love oh, yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. She said, "If you, if you, if you do this shit again, you're gonna lose your wife." You yeah. know, like it's like it's like this is real. Yeah. 
I also saw <clears throat> that tour, so that was also like, oh, yes, gosh, I'm so jealous. Oh, <laughs> I was like so far away, but I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, that okay, that's awesome. a notable one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's think other ones. I have so many things written down here, but I don't know which ones. Bonavera like almost made it in this many times. Same to me. Just Same like to me. didn't have an album that was the album, the but album. like I listened to Bonavera so much, like a little. I know. Baby. I know the thing. The crazy thing is, is that if an album were to make it for me, it'd be f- Emma Forever Ago. That was his first album, their yeah. first album. But like, um, that wasn't in this decade. I think Twenty Two a Million would be mine. That's amazing. It's 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 worth it's a good putting in there. Album. It's a good album. For, uh, forever, Emma, forever ago was one of those moments in time. My my brother, I was on a vacation, and he said, "Listen to this album," and I went and I was on this back porch, and I turned it on, and it was just one of those. You were like, "Oh, transcendent I'm moments." To this album I'm, I'm in this. Yeah. I'm in it. I've never heard anything like this. But yeah, and since then, Bon Iver, huge fan. Um, do you have other honorable mentions? I'll just list them. You want me to just list them? Sure, bam, bam, sure. bam, bam, bam. The National, they're in oh, there. Yeah. I've never, I've never really listened to them, but like Reuven loves them. You love them. The National. Isn't it just, just like a white dad? <laughs> that's a great way of saying it. A white dad. I mean, that's why I relate. Like I literally am asking for that of Tyler. So I'm like. <laughs> no, I mean, The National is like when I'm listening to pop music out in the world, I'm like, I don't relate to this. It doesn't. It doesn't articulate where I'm at. Yeah. The national, I'm like, oh, this is me. Yeah. This is me. So yeah, the nationals there. Fleet Foxes. It's like oh, yeah. huge Fleet Foxes yeah. moments and vibes. Run the Jewels. I wish I could incorporate in there. Love Run the Jewels. Avert Brothers. Avert Brothers have come out with albums in this past decade, but none that would make this list. Yeah. But Avert Brothers in general are on my top five artists, probably. Like they're they are very similar it, to like Dave Bazan vibe. Ava Brothers are probably to me what Tyler is to you. Like they, they gave me the words. They yeah. gave me the words to express my heart. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like uh, Janelle Monet is huge. Love Janelle Monet. Yeah. Monet. Yeah. Arcade Fire for the longest time was the band. Hmm. They were the band. Everything was Arcade Fire for me. I put Beyonce on here, Frank Ocean, and Dave Bazan's probably my guy. Yeah. You know. So and it's like he's he's here. We know that yeah. he's there. People called uh, Curse Your Branches his breakup with God album. And that probably came out when I was like 28. And um, I really remember the day you played that album. For I just memorized every lyric. I was texting all my friends, calling everybody I knew. You're like, Scott? I was, yeah, I was like, I'm not breaking up with God, but these lyrics make sense to me. And they're articulating what I'm feeling. Yeah. And and it was probably the most four zone I've ever been in, which was like long walks through the woods thinking about these lyrics. Yeah. Um, And then feeling stressed, like everything he was experiencing was like. (gasps) Oh, jeez. Everything he was experiencing was like. Um. Uh. The stress of. Needing to be faith-filled while at the same time having a family and being newly married. Yeah, he was naming a lot of the, like, holding of those two things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What are your honorable mentions? Let's think. Other ones that made their way in here. Um, Okay, weirdly, what I think of actually, this is, I didn't say this earlier, but, like, high school self, 
I, especially senior year of high school, was really getting into Macklemore. I was moving to Seattle. Wow, I did not know that. The Heist was a big album. That's the album. Yeah, and I love that album. I We recently we played it yesterday, two days ago, and wow. I'm like, I have this album memorized. You know, I wow. really listened to it. Same love. I mean, we that got me in a lot of ways. That's, I mean, I think that's a good song, right? Oh, I think so, too. I think there's some... There's some in and out thoughts, but like same love was to me very profound. That's um, another person who won over Kendrick. What? Macklemore, best rap album, won over Kendrick. Yeah, that's you know, you know, that shouldn't happen. But <laughs> I loved the heist. Um, I was really into Macklemore too. I was also really into Macklemore, like really being raw and honest about his drug addiction. And I'm like, I don't struggle with this, but like keep it going, be raw, be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about all of it. And mm-hmm. I was very invested. And I was moving to Seattle. So that was like, I got to get the back war. And I still love him, but I was, I had a phase. Um, <laughs> other uh, notable people. Oh, the album Get Disowned um, by. Oh my gosh, why did I. Get oh, by Dis- Hopalong. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This album was a very big album for me. Hopalong is a very emo, yelly artist who just is so raw and real, and I love them. Um, notable artists were Jamila Woods and No Name of this decade, I feel like, too. Oh. Like, Jamila Woods' Heaven, so good. Yep. And again, so good for my good. family. Like, we listen to that. Woke up this morning with my wife. It's, yeah, such a good album. Um, oh, the other last one is this, for me, is a notable artist of the decade, although they would not be considered an artist of the decade, which is Fiona Apple. Oh. Because it's old stuff. But Either Wheel came out this decade, yeah. so that's exciting. And Artist I of life. Her. Artist of life, <laughs> yeah. honestly, Fiona Apple. I really hope she has a new album. Could you imagine? I think there's a chance in 2020. A chance. It seems like it. There's lots of teasers. We get Fiona Apple, and I'm... I'm putting all my prayers that Joanna Newsom gives us one in 2020, if not 2021. She mentioned that she's writing music, although she actually was like, I'm relearning how to play the harp, which I'm like, Joanna, you know how to play the harp. Stop being humble and <laughs> write some new songs. Maybe that's how it is, though. I mean, maybe you're like, maybe you have a certain level that you're oh. wanting to be at. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. she was on tour. She only played two shows and mm-hmm. she was like i had to do so much work she had a kid i had to do so much work to like get what do you here think joanna is on the enneagram i'll be like beyond the enneagram <laughs> beyond the enneagram she's a 10 um that's a great question for some reason i feel like joanna the three numbers that are possibilities to me i have three are is a, one in there no okay are a four a five or an eight an eight. I know. I don't know why, but I do think there's an eight potential. Maybe entertainment. <laughs> what? Well, where does the discipline come from? That's why. I, that's why I would consider a one. Yeah. Very artistic, expressive one. That's an eight. I though. would say four seems the most logical, but like. Yeah, but I don't even know. I mean, she uh, she does get very raw and real, but and it is it's very cryptic, which is why I'm like four wing five, and that's why four four to me, is an interesting number because you have the five and the three. <laughs> we're just really going off on any ground. I know. <laughs> and that three could be the motive, like a part of the success-driven thing. But if it's our passion, you know, that supersedes and that gives the discipline. I do think... <laughs> I do like to know that I could cut this out, but oftentimes I get back and I, like, don't cut it out. I'm like, <laughs> let's just leave it in there. But, like, 
I, 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 I would guess maybe Annie Dillard is a self-prez sexual five wing four. <laughs> Everybody, just so you know, we've what now is, transitioned to an uh, author and their Enneagram number as we get. What is our- the energy? Like, I think <laughs> that what Annie Dillard does is Annie Dillard takes like a topic and nerds out on it for like three quarters of her piece and then, and then dumps an emotion on it. Right. And you're like, what? Which is why I see five in Joanna, because she has this, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big, like, heady energy. Yeah. It's true. I don't know. What 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 type of personality is able to sit with, with that type of heady stuff for so long? That, I don't know. I think it just comes to her. I think she's very chill about it, honestly. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, I don't know if I have any other honorable mentions. Let me see. I, I listed all mine. Um, nope, I don't think so. Oh, um, I was like the Brilliance was a band that an right. album actually you almost made it, it for me because I was really listening to Christian music. And I think the Brilliance was the if I was going to listen to Christian music, they were looking listening back. They their album holds up to me. I mean, they have a song called Does Your Heart Break? And it's the saddest song asking God, like, God, does your heart break? And, like, let's lament and think about that and question that. And I would listen to that on repeat. Like, yeah, the brilliance. God, are you sad? Will you be sad? Are you sad with me? Let's talk about how sad we are. The brilliance and Gunger. Yeah. Uh, just have great songs that shouldn't probably be even wrapped up in what we would label as Christian music. Yeah. Jesus um, is king. Jesus is king. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kanye. But you guys, I mean, if we were to do another episode now, Jesus is Lord, it's what I wanted to have Jesus is King. I haven't listened to it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Big so good. Me for that. Oh. Um, okay. I think this is it. I mean, this is it. Music is profound and cool. Happy 2020, everybody. I hope you were curious about your own music. 2020? Yeah, happy 2020. 2020. Don't forget, if you are in the Seattle area, to buy your tickets. We've got links in our bio on Instagram, and it's on our Facebook. So No, my Facebook. It's on Scott's Facebook. <laughs> we can put it on our Facebook, too. Our? Please come. Oh, oh no, no small, small things. <laughs> <laughs> um, we hope that it'll be fun, and thanks for listening. Okay. <laughs> Now the night is coming to an end